I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to be performing this weekend from April the 18th at the world-famous International Comedy Club. Thursday, two shows on a Friday and two shows on a Saturday. Get yourself down there. The tickets are available online. It's the best show in town, people. I'm also going to be performing this Sunday, the 21st of April, live at the Comedy Crunch. Always a great night. Doors there are at 8pm at the Stag's Head in Dublin too. Don't forget, there is free ice cream on the break. Where else would you get it? This week's podcast was brought to you live from the Chocolate Factory in Dublin 1. If you ever have never been there, do. It's a great place to hang out. Where I hung out this week with actor and comedian Owen Colgan. Owen first came to prominence with the hit TV show Hardy Books and his brilliant creation of the character of Buzz McDonald, who never fails to make me laugh. The show became a hit in Ireland, firstly on YouTube, and then was later picked up by RTE, where they went on to make four series of the TV show, including a Hardy Books movie in 2013. Recently, Owen has become increasingly popular for his online sketch videos, as well as venturing into the world of stand-up comedy. And you can catch this Mayo native in Hardy Books on Netflix. You can also follow him on Instagram. His Instagram is at Owen Colgan Fitness. And you can also get tickets to his Woke tour, his stand-up comedy tour that he is now taking around the country. He's an influencer. He's an educator. And he's certainly one in a million. I had great fun doing this. What a character. Introducing Owen Colgan. I want to apologize to the start of the podcast. No, no, For some reason, I was, I was actually thinking I was doing well because I was in like brushing my teeth. And I was Jeez, like, I'm on time. I'm on I'm time. I'm actually going to be half an hour early. perfume on and everything. Yeah. <laughs> then I got a shock on, on when I seen the message coming through and I thought, fuck it, typical. Uh, not at all. Um, there is so something about the lads from the West that Jerry Staunton's another lad, eh? Yeah, yeah. He's more he's so laid back he won't express himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a Mayo but thing. I don't know what it is. I think it's in our character to be so laid back to a point of it's like nearly a fault, you know? But it's yeah. also part of the charm of Mayo people that Absolutely, yeah. They're, they're no, so I don't I don't, like I don't want to cause uh, offence here, but like would you put Galway in the same bracket as well? Or like No, no, actually, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> <not>. you, <laughs> <laughs> funny you mentioned that because uh, Thanks very thank much, much, man. Cheers. Funny you mentioned that because I had a Cheers. Uh, gig there in Galway not long uh, maybe a week ago yeah and I was chatting to some Mayo lads you know Bob uh, Hennigan oh yeah, yeah and I was chatting to him about uh, the difference between Mayo and Galway people I think Galway people because there's the city there uh-huh. they're more sort of uh, 
They're more like townies, you know? Okay. You know, townies, like you're getting in. You know, townies, like, as in townies in Dublin, like, towny townies, or? Well, in Swinford, like, you Swinford town, and then, like, people from the countryside. So the people yeah. in town were seen as more sort of streetwise and that kind of thing, and a bit more like, you know. <laughs> in Swinford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Okay, right. Of course, it's only a tiny population. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was from the sticks of Swinford, so. Oh, really? Right, so you're from you're from outside. I was seen by a culture, by the culties. Wow. Which is a fucking. Jesus. Like, what's the yeah. population of Swinford? Oh, it's about. I, I don't have a clue, but it's about 3,000. Right, right, that's Including the sort of little towns around it. A little, sorry, uh, Villages, suburbs. And suburbs, okay. Yeah, around it, yeah, but it's not that big at all. So are you from Are you from an estate, or are you from... No, like I'm from, a, like, a village with, like, maybe 10 houses around me. Right, wow. Yeah, the wilderness, bye. Wild, <laughs> wild, wild <laughs> boars and everything <laughs> running around there. Ash, That's only in the back garden. <laughs> and oh, the, the other connection that we have is, obviously, uh, that we have an Argentinian connection... Don't tell anyone that. Oh, I'm not no, I'm I can edit that. Sorry, sorry. Oh, Fire away, yeah, yeah. Well, it's only because uh, vamos, vamos a hablar en español para todo este podcast ahora. Sí, sí. podemos, sí. Oh, qué bueno. Si quieres, podemos, <laughs> sí. Es un problema para mí. Do you, you obviously know the big um, connection with Mayo in Argentina, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Admiral the, the Guillermo. Admiral Brown. Admiral Brown, yeah. There's a uh, statue of him in Dublin there. There is one in Dublin. Is there one in Mayo? No. Uh, I'm sure there's one in Foxford, yeah. But he, yeah, he's basically, for those of you who don't know, the man who started... The Argentinian Navy is from Mayo. Yeah, uh, indeed, yeah. Which is I can't I can't remember the year, but like he's a big. Uh, I played for a football. For it was a right firm. before they had a navy, I think. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. When he went over. No, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was a terrible joke. Uh, <laughs> can we cut that out of the interview? <laughs> no pressure to be funny at all. No, it's funny no. though because there's places in Chile as well, and there's like uh, streets called like uh, Pablo O'Higgins and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just weird the way there's so many Irish people over there. In Buenos, you, you know, in Buenos Aires, there is a, a an area like um, not a suburb is the wrong. Uh, I can't remember that. Anyway, an area in the city that's called Hurlingham. 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 After an Irish priest who basically wow. went over, started it. There's a gag club there and everything. That's brilliant. Uh, it's it's mental. We the Irish literally go everywhere. Mexico City as well is like a placard. Really. In Mexico City with all the Irish people that fell in some sort of uh, war that they had because they joined. The, they were fighting for the United States. That's right. Yeah. And then they joined Mexico. Oh, you sh- That's what uh, uh, Admiral Brown did. Yeah. He 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 moved around the armies basically. He did was he? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He moved around and, and worked for different navies and all that kind of stuff. So Shigeru from Sligo. <laughs> Seamus Guevara. Seamus sure, Guevara that's his name. <laughs> he does, yeah. He's got a Lynch. His his grandmother, I think, was Irish. I think actually he was. Uh, yeah, he was, was some like Irish connection to him. But we Shea always Guevara do that, Lynch. don't we? We always do that. What's what's your Argentinian connection? Uh, my mother is from Buenos Aires. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And Barack Obama is is Irish as well. And sure, Barack Obama. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's one twenty fifth. Sligoish. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was down in that, that place, Money Gall, where they have Barack Obama Plaza now. Yeah. They were, it's like a stop off off the motorway. It's hilarious, man. It's like a, a garage that is just <laughs> dedicated to Barack Obama. It's the funny thing is, was, and this might be a stupid question, but was it always called Money Gall or did they start calling it, it Money Gall yeah, after yeah, the tourism yeah, yeah, started yeah, yeah. going there? Okay. No, it's called Money Gall. Money Gall, what a name, Jesus. <laughs> we are a funny nation. As, uh, as you are a funny man, because like, the first time you came into my life, now I don't know if I told you this, Owen. 2012, I was on my first ever acting gig. Yeah. And uh, you do have some... We were down in Galway, and we were was living in Salt Hill. Me and a guy called Paul Connington. Shout out to Paul, Wexford man. And uh, he had us... He, he introduced me to this TV show on YouTube called Hardy Books. Yeah. I swear to God, man, you'd be miserable down in winter, down in, down in Galway. It'd be pissing rain like, yeah. for months. 
and you in particular had me pissing myself <laughs> laughing like non-stop <laughs> for three months of crap rehearsals and going home every evening and we used to we used to kill each other in like we'd be on stage in the ta- town hall in Galway yeah. right doing fucking hardy books fucking winks or whatever like our impersonations <laughs> trying to corpse each other on stage oh like, it's brilliant unbelievable yeah. it's like I, it is a cult classic in some ways but like there's definitely I mean there's definitely people in Dublin having a clue about Hardy books they, they oh, don't is, get yeah. it yeah, yeah yeah there's lots of people that don't get it and they look at you and they're kind of like what, what are you trying there what are you trying to do but I don't even know what we were trying to do maybe just make people laugh in, in the most simplest way you know yeah so how did because it, it started I was reading up on it today like it's, they started doing the YouTube videos in about 2007 2007 there was the U- actually there was one original like sort of pilot video that uh, Eddie Durkin and Viper they made they right. were, because they were good friends uh, from from National School, uh-huh. and then um, they, they were they were do in Ballyfermot School of Media or whatever, and then they, there was a weekend uh, project that they had to do, so they came down to Mayo with some cameras, and then the Martin I was friends with, who plays Eddie Durkin, he called me in to do um, just like a, f- a few talking heads, play a character. It's going to be me and you back and forth because right. we were already messing all the time back and forth in Galway. Okay, instead of Martin, like we already had that kind of. Uh, Friendship, you know, going on. So when you say messing, what 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 is that? Have you guys had created these characters anyway when you're having the crack kind of a thing? Yeah, we'd be kinda of sitting around the house smoking hash <laughs> and we'd be like just we'd be putting on the voices or we'd be pranking people and you know, throwing in random sort of like we pranked some lad once and he goes, Who the fuck is this? And we were like, You know well who it is and he goes, Who is this? And then one of us said, Eddie Durkin and that's that the name just came out of that no way. improvised sort wow. of uh, prank. And then we'd go into Super Value, and I know it's not a good thing to look back on, but we used to go into <laughs> Super Value and squeeze the food. <laughs> so we'd, we'd think that when people got home, they'd have finger, finger marks in their food. It was a very, so, you know, shit joke, but uh, it used <laughs> to make us laugh something awful. Yeah, yeah. And we so wh- where, where were you in your lives in Galway at that time? Were you, were you in school? Were you in college? Were you? No, we were kind of... La- we were all working, but we were just kind of like lazy enough at the same time because we'd work and then we'd come home and just sit around the house... And we'd listen to Johnny Cash music and we'd just be chatting and having the crack. And it was kind of before people had smartphones, so the conversations would be flowing all the time. Yeah. And you'd always be trying to make each other laugh. That was just what you were trying to do, you know? Yeah. So there was this kind of that connection built up all the time. But um, What were you doing for work? I was working in lifestyle sports. Right. But I used to smoke so much hash back in them days that like, I had a hot rocks all over my, all over my uniform. <laughs> Till one day the manager said to me, you look like you're working in a garage. Because I had pretty much huge holes all over me... me uh, my tracksuit pants, but um, that's what the kind of stuff we used to get up to. And what, what kind of age were you then? It was only last year. Last stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was uh, maybe nine. I, I left from Mayo to Galway when I was um, 19. Okay. And then the next like four or five years, we're all kind of messing and hanging out together in Galway and sort of wasting our years, but also having good times. Not a bad time. You know? not, a, not a bad town to do it. No, no it's a great Galway's town. Always. It's almost too good because yeah. it's like, you know, the graveyard of mission, they call it. Okay. Yeah, because it's such good town. It's such good fun that like you y- you lose years. Yeah. They, yeah. They do say that there's people down there who went down to have a crack for a year and like it's 25 years later. Yeah, they're yeah, still yeah, there yeah. And all yeah. That. Oh, big time. Yeah. I went so down only there for like a year and I ended up staying. I think five years. So what was the plan? You left school and and just get a job for a bit and kind of see what happens. Get a job thing. for a bit. Everybody in my family had went to college and I, I felt like a dumbass because I was like the only one that didn't go to college. Then I did like I was doing like short courses oh. like um, never like went to sort of government colleges but I always went to um, private kind of courses in hotels you know that kind of way yeah 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 and they never really worked out I did a few nutrition courses and a few um, health and fitness sort of courses like uh, gym gym instructors that kind of stuff but never really liked it to the point where I'd like to work in there all my life you know yeah yeah, yeah. have an interest in it but not as a career yeah 
And then <clears throat> I'd be stumbling around jobs. Like then I'd work in Smith's Toy Stores, Eason's, Boots, Lifestyle Sports, nightclubs, that kind of stuff. Just picking up glasses or just, just kind of like not really getting anywhere, but just keep surviving, you know? Yeah. And um, that's kind of lost, to be honest. Yeah. Still am a good bit, but um, <laughs> I suppose they always say what's under your nose is what's for you. So it was, I was always making, try, trying to make people laugh. Right. So that's kind of how I stumbled into this career. And it's, it's the one thing that kind of, at least I enjoy doing. Absolutely. So yeah. I suppose I should stick at it, you know? The, it's, the cliche is that like you were a class clown in school and all that kind of stuff. But were you? Like what was, what was school like? Um, National school, I was, I was kind of a, a messer, yeah. And I had a friend who was really, really smart. Like he was extremely smart and still is extremely smart, even in any group of people you hang out with. So I always felt like dumb around him. And then when I went to secondary school, my... Because I don't, I don't like fighting. So, and you know, like when you're in secondary school and when you're coming from a country school, people were like, oh, you're only fucking Egypt from the, you know. Yeah, there's, there's, so a weird, there's a weird rivalry in general in this country of like, especially in the smaller town thing, as yeah. to where you're from. Yeah. What a st- you go to a school and what a state you're from. It's like or tribalism or something like that. It's weird, you know? isn't it? It's yeah. very strange. Yeah. And when I went to secondary school, I thought to myself, I don't want to fight. So there's only other one or two other ways I can do this. And I said, I'll make, try to make people laugh or else be super sound to them. Being super sound doesn't necessarily always work. So then I said, you know what, I'll try and make them laugh. So through trial and error, I suppose, that's where I started realizing that becoming a messer sort of has its values, you know? So that's within, within the, the network of the group, within the gang that you're trying to figure your way out? Or is it in the classroom that, with the teachers as well? That was more so like, yeah, more so like in front of the whole class to, to okay. be like a messer. Because, you know, back in them days, I wasn't really hanging out with anyone in particular. I was kind of moving between groups yeah. because I was already from the village outside the town. Everyone kind of already knew each other. I came from a national school that only had maybe 12 students. The August. whole school? Yeah, the whole school, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I so know. were you in a class on your own? Or must I was in a classroom with everybody else in every other class in the same room. How does that work? How do, how do the they teacher teach? would just give me my homework or give me and the other lad the homework. There's only I think, three of us in, in our class right. going into secondary school. And then like we'd be at the homework or and then she'd go, act, go yeah. out over to the other students and like sort of give them their homework but she was a great teacher yes yeah, brilliant yeah. teacher she, very she, creative she, you know yeah she'd want to be yeah yeah, yeah she'd want to be <laughs> dealing, dealing with us <laughs> well, but, 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 well yeah but I mean 12, you're dealing with 12 students all different ages and you have to bring them through <laughs> it's like educate. a crash a hyper crash you know right okay just like everyone, everyone with different going through different points of their life you know so by the time you get to secondary school you're a real outsider at this age yeah I suppose as outside as you can be in Mayo because it's not like you know <laughs> I'm travelling to uh Manhattan from yeah. the Bronx or something yeah, like that. You know, yeah. it's not it wasn't that hard, but at the same time, I definitely was feeling like I was an outsider, and then I had to get into the comedy, I suppose, to to make friends. Was there an outlet for that in secondary school for you? Was no, there? no. The only outlet was in the class. You know, where like yeah. if there was a teacher that was appeared to be a bit dopey, you'd be like, "Oh, this is a good class to mess in." Or <laughs> they'd let you away with a lot of stuff. We had, we had so many great teachers that would let you away with so many stuff. We had one teacher in particular, and he'd say, "Own Colgan down the back." If you do that one more time, I'm going to make you write up the whole chapter. And he keeps saying it. He goes, <laughs> one more time. <laughs> then the class would finish. He'd be like, all right, guys, thanks a million. To egg you on to, to, to do it one more time? No, as in like, he, no, he'd be serious. Like, just, right, okay. But he's so nice that he would, never, he would never sort of follow through with it. There's something about like... It's like a stage in a way, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. You know? There's something about some teachers, though, that like, they know that... We, they know, the teacher knows that the students know their triggers. And they still bite every time. Yeah. There was one guy that we had in school in Dublin. His first name was Philip, right? Mm-hmm. And if you ever said his first name, he would snap because you're not, you know, you don't disrespect me by <laughs> saying my first name. So oh, the teacher, sorry. The okay, teacher, yeah, yeah he'd yeah. go mad. 
So you'd start going to him, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be going purple oh in the goodness. face with yeah. anger. And like, and but that's he's like, the like, just, just, that's in the States, isn't it? Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd say anything that would like wind him up that was close to Philip and he would snap. And that's so funny because like, that's his name. And it's so weird the way in schools you can't say the teacher's first name. Where yeah. It's like, what would you do that for? Yeah, yeah. We should do something as well where the teacher would be writing on the board and we'd go uh, either Mr. or Miss. We'd go, Miss. And they turn around and like all of us would have our heads Head down, down right yeah. here. Do nothing. They must have been wrecked. Like teachers have an awful hard job, you know. And I think there's something about because I went to to school in Cork and I remember the transition of uh, when we moved from Cork to Dublin. It was something a bit more civilized. Did you go to, <laughs> to Dublin, Dublin school as well? Yeah, yeah. All right. But there was something more civilized when you came to Dublin, like because in Cork, uh, like I do look back on some of the things that we did, and it was just like it's a bit wild. There's a bit. Yeah. There's a bit. There's a bit of wildness out. In the country towns, maybe a little bit because I, I, I don't quite know what it is, but I, me- I remember even like we used to blatantly smoke in the toilets, <laughs> but the toilets were in between the classrooms on the main corridor. Yeah. I mean, if you opened the toilet door, the mm-hmm. smoke coming out into the hallway, and no teacher ever goes in there to do anything about it. Right. And the toilets be wrecked with graffiti, and like, and like we used to ruin the place. There was fights in the classroom all the time, and all that, but this was all normal. <laughs> like yeah, it yeah. just seemed a bit. It's funny the way the teachers let, let that go. Yeah, they used to let, and I remember I when I moved to Dublin, uh, then I, I ran away from home once and went down to Cork, right? Hopped on a train one day, I was supposed to go to school, what I fecked off down to Cork. I would have been 13 or 14. Right, okay. Went down to Cork. It's fairly brave. And went into <laughs> into my old Irish classroom, the teacher and everyone, and I just wasn't wearing my uniform, and the lads are pissing themselves laughing. <laughs> and she hasn't a clue who I am. <laughs> she taught me six months earlier, and she's like, now, now who are you? you yeah, know, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, going, I'm the new kid, miss, you know, put on <laughs> some stupid accent or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. But the buzz of getting a laugh in the classroom is unreal, isn't so it? That, that, that's a really like long-winded, you know, <laughs> job to, to, yeah, get, yeah. to get a buzz. Don't <laughs> know, it's power to you because I mean, the fact that you took a four-hour journey, probably five hours back in them days. Yeah, I, I think I hopped on a train. I, I had cash from some money uh, from. I think I was working a pub in the evenings uh, sometimes, and uh, I was supposed to go to school. Walked around the corner. Uh, there was a taxi, <laughs> a, t- a taxi man who was a. Uh, he, he worked around the corner from our house and I said to him, are you working? He's like, oh, I can work now. Do you need to go somewhere? I was like, yeah, Houston Station. <laughs> hopped in the taxi. Oh, no, hopped on the train and fucked off to Cork. And how did, you get, how did you get back? How did I get back? Um, oh, there was there was uproar. I, I think I must have got the train back in the end, but I didn't tell my parents. I was just being a rebellious little fucker in those yeah, days. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. Were you um, wild as a child? I think I, yeah. Yeah, I definitely was because of the, the nature of my dad was a, a preacher and all that kind of stuff. And it was a strict... A preacher? Yeah, yeah. A strict religious home. Like Wow, that's crazy. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Nuts. What was he preaching about? Jesus mm-hmm. and God oh. and born-again Christians, like. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's definitely more laid back now, but we grew up in a council estate, so yeah. it was fairly rough in the council estate, but we were like... Literally having prayer meetings <laughs> in okay. the house, like in a, like on a Sunday evening. Like Seventh Heaven kind of vibe. Come, exactly. <laughs> we used to have to watch Seventh Heaven. Does anyone else know what that show is? That's oh a, what a reference. As that long as me, you know, I don't care. You know what I mean? That was a Seventh Heaven. Ritual. That was my fucking. That was seventh like we were just a. Yeah. <laughs> they were weird, weren't they? Oh my god! And you know the, the guy who plays the father, the preacher. Now he just got done for child molested there recently. I mean, like the writing was on the wall with that lad. Ah, weirdo, weird. Christ <laughs> above. And um, were they are. were they born again Christians or were they Mormons? Who uh, in Seventh Heaven? Yeah. they were born again Christians. Okay, as right. Far as no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, there you are now. That's a flash from the past. Thinking back now, I don't even know why I watched that show, but <laughs> I, I watched it every week it was on. Sunday reason. evening, wasn't every it? Sunday, yeah. Jesus Christ. After the little big people, remember that show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're showing our age now. 
We are fucking hell. So you end up being the you're the class clown in school, and there's no outlet for that. There's just making people laugh. Not really, no. And at that age, are you dreaming of? Because I found secondary school quite um, depressing, to be honest with you. Because I I always thought like, where the fuck? Where do you go after this? Like, yeah, what's, yeah, yeah. I was lost. This? Yeah. yeah. So what? So is that why you ended up going down to Galway and kind of? Galway was just like sort of like the nearest city to me, a place where I get more freedom. Not that I didn't really have freedom because I did, but um, some of that's like nightclubs and I can go on the pole and go out with my mates yeah. kind of whenever I want so I got all this new freedom in Galway and still I was kind of just messing and going from job to job always kind of enjoyed hanging out with people at work and stuff like that and making them laugh making them laugh was always something I was trying to do anyways mm. whether I was doing it successfully or not is another thing but <laughs> I was always trying to make people laugh but then the Galway days myself and the boo from Hardy Books uh-huh. you know what Tom got on? I don't know if you've ever I don't met think I've met him no no very funny guy we used to spend, we used to have great times together in, in Galway. So many funny stories where, like, I'd call over to his house, he'd have a lovely dinner, just eat it, and then we'd drink a bottle of Buckfast together, and he had a very bad stomach, so he'd always get, he'd always puke the dinner up before we went out. Oh, and he'd be like, I'm ready now. And then we'd go out to the nightclub, <laughs> go our separate ways, go on the pull, and then sometimes we wouldn't, or sometimes we might, you know, get the shift or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of stuff we used to get up to, and then struggling to work the next day, and we did that for a few years, and kind of got bored of it towards the end and then Hardy Books started taking off then a small bit so the Hardy Books at the, at the end of the period where you're working and doing that going out and all that kind of stuff in the jobs that did you see them as dead end jobs or did you I didn't you, you know what it's so short sighted to me because I see people now in their 20s and they're like thinking about what they want to be yeah. for the rest of their life and I was like I wasn't even thinking along those lines even right. during the Hardy Books I was like this will do for another couple of years right because I just didn't didn't have the foresight you know I just didn't think like that I just thought I was trying to live in the moment because you know, trying to enjoy the, the crack in, of the moment, but... Um, there's nothing... I mean, there's a lot to be said for that as well. Yeah, like, that's true, know? yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, like, at the same time, I wasn't saving any money. I was sort of, like, a bit... Just a bit daft, you know? Yeah. I'd like to think I'm a little less daft now, even though I'm fairly... But do, you, do you regret it? No, no, I don't, actually. Looking back now, I don't regret it. Yeah. Because, thankfully, now I've, I'm kept fairly busy with work, and yeah. uh, I think I'm slowly getting to a point where I've got a nice bit of consistent work coming in. Yeah, yeah. But if I was not working now, I'd be like, I'm an awful daft <laughs> Why didn't I get it proper? I didn't get pro- properly stuck into it, you know. Yeah. But uh, it started getting busy, anyways, towards the end of the Galway days, the Hardy yeah. Books. Yeah. The 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 magic of Hardy Books is part of the thing, I think, as why uh, part of the reason it's it's great is the reason that people don't get it as well, because yeah. it's so off the cuff. Yeah. It's so on the the line of like, is this is this real or is this not real? Yeah. And and um, for that reason, people don't like it sometimes because yeah. they're like, "This is a shit documentary, or whatever." That. But that's why it's so close to the bone. It's so it's so good. It's so much on the line, yeah. And I think that's why people do like it because I even get joy out of people that don't get it. Yes. People <laughs> ever say to me, "I just don't get it." Like, is it you trying to be real or are you? Tr-? That's the bits I love, you know. Especially yeah. when you see Americans commenting about it, going, right. "What the hell are these Irish guys talking about?" Like, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. So. And how did so how did the scene start to come about? We talked about it a little a little uh, bit about it before, but for people who who don't know, how how do how do you how did the scenes come about? How do you like? There's a narrative obviously put in place for an episode. We'll say. Yeah, the thing is to to be fair to Eddie Durkin, Mark Maloney, and the Viper, Chris Turdoff. There, Eddie Durkin was had the the grand notions of trying to get it on TV, and then the Viper had the actual like sort of technical. Uh, brain power to put it all together to, ha- to, to know the whole story before it even happened so what we do is for example the Mitzi Turbo Cup we'd have to give a script to RTE none of us ever ever looked at the script right. so that was like you, c- you can forget about that that was just given to RTE just for the sake of shutting them up 
So you guys are making this show and you've never looked at the script in your lives? No, because because we're not scripted actors, you know, yeah. like, empowered to the people that are scripted actors, but that's a different skill, there's also a skill in improv, and that's kind of where our skills lie, because we're always messing and trying to be the wittiest in the group, so we already had that sort of kind of built up a small bit. So for the Mitzi Terry Cup, we'd be like, oh, now we're going to do the um, cheekiest face competition. So we'd all hang around for maybe two hours, and we'd just start, like, making each other laugh, and then the cameras would happen to be there and pick that up, and then... You might have three hours of or two hours of footage. Probably seventy percent of that was rubbish. Right. But the thirty percent was fairly juicy, you know. Yeah. And then thanks to the editing skills of the Viper, he put it all together into sort of a, a story that made sense. You know. So the story sometimes comes afterwards. Sometimes the story comes afterwards. Yeah. Right. Sometimes okay. the story could it can change completely. Like you know. Yeah. Mitzi Turbo Cup is a kind of self-contained thing. So no matter what you do within the Mitzi Turbo Cup, it'll what's the Mitzi Turbo Cup? That was like where we had a competition where it was down at the community center. Right. And we had like it's like a fair day. Right. The coolest dance, the coolest, uh, the cheekiest face, who can roll the best three skinner, um, <laughs> that kind of nonsense, you know. But anything you did, the best burn off, anything you did in there was just, it kind of made sense to that story. But right. Everyone was improvising. Oh, so this this is one of the episodes in the show. Sorry, right? I haven't seen that one. I don't think. Yeah, that's that's one of the best ones now. I think. Really? Where, where is that on the YouTube? It's on YouTube. It's on the YouTube. That's yep. the YouTube. But that is, that's on the YouTube episodes, not the RT ones. On the YouTube episodes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. I haven't seen that one actually. But okay, I'll tell you what. The best thing as well. Now, the more the more I think about them, the best thing that ever happened to Hardy Books was, we were always playing to our own strengths. So like, whoever was behind the camera would say to, you, they'd encourage you in such a great way where you'd like. Oh yeah, I, this is my this is my skills. This is the thing yeah. I'm best at. So then, like, you sort of express yourself in the best way, and then something that's you know something that I couldn't do, the Boo could do. Like Boo's very good at being completely serious and talking about like you know the IMF or or the Illuminati that kind of stuff. He knows a lot about it, so he can right. sort of pull from all that kind of stuff. And he's very funny at all that. Right. Whereas my character's a bit dafter, so we're all sort of uh, given uh, the support to be the funniest kind of versions of ourselves, and that, I think that was one of the key aspects of the hardy box well i suppose it's a, it's a natural chemistry that seemed to have worked and yeah you were all friends yet you were all different and you're all able to accentuate each other's strengths and stuff like that That's yeah and bounce off each other you know yeah but i mean my some of my favorite lines are like definitely from buzz like which is rose you don't know this is that that's owen's character buzz that's <laughs> like, i'll never forget the one about <laughs> myself and paul still laugh but about uh, i i rode the sh- i rode i rode the milf last night yeah she's got on chest yet or no rush or nothing and <laughs> I know. But Who comes <laughs> off at that Oh, stuff? someone wrote that. Oh, did they? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. But, uh, <laughs> the thing is, though, I don't know. Like, I, I, did, I have watched back in some of the Hardy books there not long ago, and I'm like, I don't know what some of that w- those lines wash anymore, you know? In Do you think? I think there's a few lines there that wouldn't wash anymore. It, now, I don't know if that's... If in that's what sense, from a political correctness kind of standpoint? Maybe, a small bit, yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's because of back in the day we were a small bit rude with our lines, or else maybe just we've gone too PC. I still don't know which one it is. I think there's an element of what, what what I loved about the characters as well is that it's um, that's how people talk regardless of whether it's right or not. Yeah, it is. I mean? It's so true. Yeah, yeah. It's no, there's no point sugarcoating it. No, no, no. If people talk like that, then you can't hide that. You yeah. know what I mean? And there's not, there's no. Uh, what I th- th- there's a big conversation out there, obviously in the world at the moment about like toxic masculinity and stuff like that. And what I love about the Hardy books, guys, is that you can see the elements of that 
in men that we all have in us that is but it's stupid yeah because we're stupid yeah we are <laughs> men are fucking we're stupid we're idiots man we'd be fucked without like women <laughs> to show us what to do absolutely and uh, that's what a part of what I love about it. Yeah, well I get what you're saying like political correctness Michael no you can't, you can't be saying that they're not bad people yeah they're not out to hurt anybody yeah they're not out to do damage to anybody yeah they're actually good people they're and good people yeah. who are fucking stupid yeah exactly yeah 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 <laughs> that's it there's no badness in the in no. the characters, you know. No. And they might say things, but they they're probably not thinking about it, you know. So absolutely not. Yeah. No. And 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 the cultural element of of where they're from as well, and their upbringing and all that kind of stuff that you can yeah. see because they're out the west. Of course, and they've probably be all been brought up with like you know nice families. And I think sometimes the the whole PC culture is aimed at the wrong people. You know, you're they're yeah. targeting the wrong, you know, people about it. You know, so how do you feel about that in your comedy now? Because you you've moved on from from Hardy Books now you're doing your own comedy show now which highly evolved comedy now very high highly evolved high yeah. <laughs> no wank jokes <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest that's another thing as well because I what happened with the Hardy Books is we were improvising for, and then all of a sudden we were getting recognised we were getting onto TV and most of us to be honest I don't, know, I don't think this was cocky of us but we were thinking jeez that was handy yeah. we got onto TV already yeah and uh, we kind of thought that that was the procedure. Geez, you know, we're on TV now. Okay, well, then maybe we'll, you know, get into the stand-up. And people were offering us gigs. Mm. So what we thought is, ah, we'll just turn up this gig now. We'll do a bit of the Hardy Books kind of chat, stay in the yeah. characters. It'll be grand. But what we've kind of discovered over the years is that stand-up is sort of a completely different game altogether. And I'm mm. sure you know because you're, you're, you're doing stand-up for, like, a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I'm st- I still consider myself a baby in the game. I'm doing it over three years now, but yeah, it makes um, a man modest, a man oh, or a woman, absolutely, very, very quickly. It's humbling. It really is humbling, you know. And there's a few times we went up on stage, and the crowd seemed to love us because you know they they see the characters in the flesh. Yeah. But there were sometimes where we'd be up there and the and the crowd we'd be just like going to each other. We out the weekend, Daddy. I was yeah, boys. What were you up to yourself? Yeah, I was out the weekend myself. Yeah, go crack. And then the stories would go kind of nowhere. And then the crowd eventually would be like, what, what are you at, lads? <laughs> you know? Is there Where's a, is the editor? Exactly. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> can we edit this live? Can we? So we quickly learned that, you know what? It's one of those things you have to... Um, How long did that go on for? That must be a, a harsh lesson. That was a harsh lesson that went on for, oh, four, four years maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It seems like a long time now thinking back. But the gigs weren't necessarily that busy, but... It was just a massive wave they were on, and we were trying to figure, figure out how to, how to uh, operate a boat in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. You know, so it took us a long time. And so you're you're trying to transfer the success of something that happened on the screen with editing and all that kind of stuff and bring it to a live, a live performance. It's exactly, difficult. yeah, yeah. And it was, it was kind of jarring because we were like, why isn't it working? You know, and we mm. were trying to get it right. And, and did you, did, at that point, did you then start to go into trying to uh, write write some kind of a script or yeah or okay. it was around that time we started trying to write stuff and then what we'd do then is we'd write something and then we'd kind of half read it and half go over it and then we'd be on stage and then some of them would work we'd be like oh that was nice yeah. and then we'd get carried away and then some we'd forget other bits and because of the characters that we are we'd probably have too many drinks so you know you're never sharper after more than two drinks really <laughs> you know Yeah. and um, so then we'd get a bit pissed and we'd kind of be playing up to the characters but at the same time People are paying in to see you. You want to be giving them value for money. So yeah. if, if, you, if you're a baby in the comedy industry, then I'm still a sperm, you know? Because, <laughs> I mean, I have a long way to go. But you know what? I'm, I've got the urge for it now. Absolutely. And the, uh, the drive and the bite. And so you've transferred into stand-up recently enough? Like doing recently stand-up enough. yourself? Yeah, recently yeah. enough for myself. Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to get... Well, I'm in the stand-up game now. And I was doing a lot of uh, five and ten-minute slots in the Hay Penny, and then going to International. And then International once, I did the Laughter Lounge... 
and then I was doing my own tour and you know what I'm realizing is that like this it's it's hard work and you've got to really learn the lines you've got to workshop them yeah and so it's like I'm learning sort of the hard way again but at the same time I'm getting there I'm, I can feel like I'm making progress oh that's the joy of it that's like, all that matters in life isn't it absolutely I'm sure I was on last night and like and, you know Cherry's a great gig and all that but like if a new joke doesn't work it doesn't work and it feels the same as, as when yeah. you started out like, and you feel like the most unfunny person in the room of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's been sure. times after gigs where I've like been like to either friends or my girlfriend going oh I need to get a job in fucking Centra yeah yeah you know what I mean and we all still have those days definitely yeah for yeah sure. it's part, sure. of, part of being human and I suppose you're I think the thing I try to keep in mind is, is if even if I'm making a small bit of progress, just a tiny bit, then that's all you can really do. Absolutely. And so tell us about the show that you are touring at the moment. It's called The Woke Tour. The Woke Tour. The Woke. Woke. Right. Woke, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's ironic, but um, it was... When I, I came up with the idea to, of The Woke Tour, because I find that kind of stuff very funny, that people who believe to be very woke when they're not really, you know? Yeah. They're more judgmental than most people. Yeah, yeah. But then I was trying to write it, and it was kind of hard to write it, but I think... Um, I've done about seven or eight gigs now. Some of them have gone really well. Some of them have gone all right. And um, what I've kind of started started to happen the last few gigs, I've started to find the jokes in between the other jokes I've already wrote. Okay. And really kind of enjoy it because I know it so well at this point that I'm kind of starting to enjoy it. And um, for me, uh, maybe it's the same for every comedian, but the thing I've found for me is I have to be so relaxed or else you won't get the best out of me. I, I can be very nervous. And when I'm nervous, I'm, I'm no more funnier than a sod of turf. Yeah. You know? But when I'm relaxed, I think I can be fairly funny. Yeah. So that's the point I'm trying to get to, to be relaxed. Okay. And then and then the juice starts coming out, you know? And how do you do that for yourself now on the tour at the moment? Ten pints. Ten p- <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'll do for the tour, uh, just know it so well, uh, but then trying to figure out the, try to figure out what to do on the day because what I did last time is that I didn't really go over my lines on the day and then I had a great gig. And then one of the previous gigs, I went over my lines too many times. Mm. I got a bit caught up in the, the, the wording of it and then I was a bit, sort of chuggish as I was going mm-hmm. along and I feel there was no flow to it yeah. so I'm trying to do the prep work and then on the day of the gig just to try to relax and try to joke with my friends and get into the mood of just being chatty and sort of uh, calm that's not a bad bit of advice actually because it's definitely something that I found as well where you feel like gig has gone well last night so then you go alright I won't do it today and then you do you do the same like for my show for example when I was doing it for a week straight six nights in a row bam 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 one night goes great. I'm like, oh, great. I didn't do any prep. Didn't have time to do any prep. So just I won't do that again tomorrow night. And then yeah. tomorrow night you fuck off the fucking middle of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's a, it's a, it's a fine balance to get. It's like nearly that you have to get the show into your subconscious. Yeah. So that, and then you're probably right on the day. Just spend the day relaxing. Once you know yeah. that you have the show in there, kind of a thing. Just maybe, maybe go give it one or two runovers as, you, as you're going up to. But I'm sure you, you did a tour in Smack Alley last year. Uh, yeah, well, it wouldn't be much of a tour now. We weren't moving around. Okay, <laughs> right. In one venue. Sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, but, well, yeah, so I did Son of a Preacher Man in Dublin Fringe Festival, which was in uh, the Workman's Club. And then I did it as part of the first Fortnite Festival for a week in Smack Alley. And both times you feel a sense of... Uh, naturally as I'm sure you're finding with your tour that the show evolves mm-hmm. yeah. as you're saying finding jokes in between little yeah, b- yeah. bits and pieces here and there and you end up coming up with completely new bits and sticking them into the show and yeah. stuff like that And um, have you done Edinburgh before? I'm going to do my first Edinburgh really, now yeah, in, I've uh, heard it's really good for like uh, getting quick, uh, good quick yes yeah yeah they, yeah. it's basically a training camp essentially yeah, yeah. now I'm only doing a, w- a week in the Gilded Balloon this time it's my first time there and <laughs> everyone's going yeah that's a good way to do it because it, it can break it as well you know yeah. a lot of people go over and go doing the month bang and kind of 
I in my situation I've got a kid and stuff so um, I kind of time away is precious so you kind yeah. of like I try to time it properly and kind of uh, my daughter's second birthday is this August as well so you oh. know you kind of you, you gotta you, you gotta do some negotiating but also for your family life you gotta balance that stuff out so. does that make you less scared like the fact that you have a child now and that's like a lot more important than stand up does that like you don't do you not care as much about the stand up in, in the sense that in a positive way yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah I think Great. so I, I think you um I had a. I was saying to a good pal of mine there recently, uh, Gerald Farrelly, brilliant comic. And He's very uh, good. Yeah, yeah. I was stressed about something in the business, and uh, I had a chat with him. And he, he over the course of talking to him, he was like, uh, "So, did you not sleep last night?" I was like, "Yeah, no, I haven't." Slept. And I was because so the mind okay, was. Okay, yeah, yeah. My mind was like going and going. He, he realized that I was. Stre- and I was like, "Yeah, I was up all night thinking about this." And I was like, "No, no, no. You t- as soon as that happens, you take a step back. Like, there's nothing." With stand up, that if you're up all night, you know what I mean. That's when you should step back. You take a step back. Right, it's okay. not that important. <laughs> so, so, so <laughs> you know, he, he, hearing think. that, yeah, but yeah. I mean, hearing that from the pros, like from guys who were doing it for years, he's doing it ten years. You know, he's yeah. toured the country. I don't know how many times. Right, um, it makes you kind of go, ah, oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, it's not that important. And the, the 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 irony of it being that we are busting our asses to make people laugh, yeah. and then we don't enjoy it ourselves sometimes. It's, it's the irony of like feeling like life's not funny anymore because sometimes with stand-up comedy or whatever comedy, you analyze life so much because you're yeah. always looking for new observations, and it, yeah. it can take the fun out of life sometimes. Yeah, and you, you end up forcing it, and you end yeah, up yeah. Kind of ends up becoming a job. You know, there's been times where like I've been in bed with with the girlfriend, oh, and yeah. um, maybe three o'clock in the morning, I'll, I'll reach across her, get the phone, the light comes on, and I'm like typing shite into the phone. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I've thought of a brilliant joke. Next morning, I'm like, what the hell was the thing? Ross Kemp on Gange or something like that. It'd make no <laughs> sense to anything. Yeah. You know? But you have, I mean, there's, yeah, there's balance and all that. Because sometimes ideas come to us like that and you kind of yeah, have yeah. to grab them. Yeah. You have to, uh, Chris Kent, another brilliant comic, told me about like, it's a simple thing, but just to have a tiny little notebook in my pocket all the yeah. time. And because uh, even the f- sometimes you're flicking the phone all the time and you, you're not going to remember it anyway. Do yeah, you know I mean? there's no uh, personal like personal touch to the phone. Yeah, either, yeah. Where do you find your your most um, productive kind of time of the day? Is it before you sleep or the shower or the shower is met? That's a good shower. The shower, the amount of stuff that comes in the shower is yeah. nuts. The thing about like me is I'm in and out of the shower in five minutes. I don't really <laughs> hang around there, so I don't really get any time to think of shit. Yeah. But before bed, I, I'm awake there for hours. I don't know why the shower is definitely a place where. Um, there's a lot of daydreaming Do you like candles in the shower? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I do. My, my girlfriend does be in there kind of going, what are you doing in there? She, she, she always thinks I'm doing something else, obviously, but I'm genuinely <laughs> thinking of jokes or whatever. Like You're not there with the laptop, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Waterproofed. <laughs> I cling film the laptop. Laminated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's all about the wank jokes, Owen. He's all <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm a good no, guy in real life. No, no, I'm joking. But uh, yeah, stuff comes in the shower. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where else like yesterday sometimes there's different methods to the writing as well I do try to kind of lock myself in a room sometimes and yeah. kind of I had a time when I was eight, eight or nine months in uh, to stand up it was the summer of 2016 I think yeah summer 2016 and I just moved into a place in London that had a, a room upstairs where I was able to have a desk and a chair that I bought off uh, some guy on Holloway Road and for like three months, I got organized, mm. and I spent every day. I committed to doing five hours of writing a week, which is harder than you think because you get distracted. Like I would time myself when I'm working, yeah. and then as soon as I would go away or pick up my phone or go on the laptop or something like that, I would stop the watch and then realize it's taking me three hours to do one hour this evening. You were timing it, yeah. And just every time, every time you took, you went away from the right. Every writing, time I did, like stop your watch now, you're not working. 
That's brilliant, man. Because you know what? That just shows you how much time you waste. Oh, that's brilliant. Unbelievable. Yeah, and then, so it actually takes you a few weeks to get to to realize that to get that five hours of writing in a week takes a lot of time. So, so five hours is a good recommended amount of time in the week, is it? I mean, that's just what I tried at the time. No, that's but the at that time, yeah, I progressed hugely, massively, right. yeah, in the work that I was doing and. And I, I, I personally have gone down the road of like I would study comedy a lot. I would um, sometimes you have to figure out why things work, yeah, so that you can throw it away in your subconscious. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah. I mean your subconscious is sort of always digesting it, no yeah, matter what you think. But yeah, yeah. but because sometimes you kind of like last night, for example, I really enjoyed the gig that I did last night, and there was a lot of new stuff in there. But I felt I'd spent enough time on only two or three jokes came out at the end. But I'd spent enough time during the day thinking about it and writing yeah. it that by the time I got up there, I was it was enough of my subconscious to mm -hmm. have have the crack with the audience about ten or twelve different other things. Yeah, and then throwing the new stuff. Yeah, and, um, and and I think it is about getting to the like putting it all back down to subconscious. Definitely. And another thing as well that I always keep in my mind is because it's something that stopped me so many times before, and I've got to always check myself. I always say to myself, just write for an hour. And even if it's shite, you don't have to, nobody has to ever see it. But just as long as you sort of get into the practice of writing yeah, for yeah. an hour, you might only get one sentence that's funny. Mm. But you kind of have to trudge through the bullshit first, you know? I, th I think that's the, the one thing that we always have to tell ourselves is like, it is shite. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to write shite to get to the good stuff. Yeah. So like once we understand that, then you go, oh, grand. Like, yeah. I reckon it's 90% bullshit. And oh, definitely, yeah. 10%. Do you find that this is the one thing I don't really know about yet, but... um. Do you like put a cap on them? So if you write five hours uh, a week, mm. do you do you feel like you have to perform that material then at the end of the week, or like because if you keep writing and keep writing and keep writing, then it's a bit of an overload of material, yeah, yeah. and you're wondering what should you learn off. So I, it's always good, I think, to to set. I personally, it's different for everybody. I personally try to set new goals. Yeah. So for example, cat laughs is coming up, or whatever. So I would want to have. Uh, a certain 20 minutes ready for that. Mm -hmm. Now I have 20, but I would like to do something new for that. Keep it fresh for yourself. Keep it fresh for myself. Do yeah, something yeah. creative. So I've got a new 10 in there, for example. That that's brilliant. So that's a goal. So all the gigs that I'm doing this week now, I have that in the back of my subconscious going, yeah. I should be building a new 10 to 15 here yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point or what else can I... So uh, there's that. There's uh, my show, Son of a Preacher Man, which is an hour on its own. It's like, what can I... What do you want to change about that? What yeah. do you want to add to that? Can you throw that into your club set, etc., yeah. etc.? Um, so all the little goals are kind of like you. Ha yeah, you're right. You do have to put an endpoint to them because otherwise, you're right. You'll be just, you know, I've got notebooks piled Struner, of notebooks yeah, yeah, yeah. at home. Like, and in a sense, they they've been useful because you've you've been you have somewhere to empty your head out yeah. all the time. But you've got to also going to put put a goal on it somewhere to kind yeah, of where it's yeah. focusing towards. Because that's the thing about stand up. That this is why I love it, but this is why it's really hard. Nobody's checking if you're doing your homework. Yeah. Nobody's going, you should be doing this, you should be doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's know? no set method to it, you know? No, no. You have to find your own way of doing it. The thing is, I used to go around all the time asking people, how do you learn off the material? And some of them would say, oh, I write it all down, keep reading over, reading over, reading over, then I perform it. And I started doing that, and I'm like, that didn't work for me. And then some people would say, they'll come up with like a small little idea, like, isn't it funny how people walk out of shops? And then they'll do like, keep crafting it on the stage. Yeah. So there's all these different ways of doing it. I Absolutely. think that's probably the way I prefer. But how, how do you go? How do you? Um it, it varies. It varies. Like I, I tend to write it down after um, I've made it work. I think. Mm. 
so I wouldn't I wouldn't if I have to sit down and write the actual lines of it mm-hmm. um, it kills it for me me too yeah it kills the creativity it of it it makes it too sort of scientific I, then well I, well I also think that your voice of putting the word onto the page is very different to the voice that you have on stage yeah big time they're, yeah, yeah. they're two different things oh so yeah for sure I'll get quite like novelist like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and like that's not the same writer. voice yeah. that's not the same voice that, that I talk with on stage you can't put your cheeky tone into the, onto the page kind yeah. of thing so I, I tend to like have ideas so if you, if you come up with a funny idea today yeah. how, how will you do that on the stage then how will it get from there to the stage um, so uh, let me think what I'm working on I'm working on a bit at the moment about long term relationships with my girlfriend and that is going yeah so I'll have I'll kind of talk it to myself a little bit yeah that's about it. Going over and, and over again. Go over and then I'll just know, I'll, I'll know the, the bits that are working in long-term relationship already, right? Yeah. So I'll go, there's f- five jokes there that, that are working. I work them. And then I'm going to see if I can uh, go down this lane way. This is all in your head? Pretty much. Yeah. I might do a bit of note-taking. With regards, oh, pardon me. Like you can see from last, from last night, mm-hmm. there's like seven things there. So I know, I know the section that works before that, and yep. then I'm going to try to go into that. And that's just safety, the yes, little note yeah, in yeah. my hand, yep. if I've got where I'm going. So, th- so then there was this uh, impersonation of my girlfriend talking in the bedroom last night, you know, talking all like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't what you're saying, but I'll do it, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so literally, that's, that, that, that's what I just did there. That, that's it. So okay. you go okay, I know there's something funny there, so how do I, so I'll just try to deliver that on stage yeah. and follow it up with these two or three other ideas. And then afterwards, if it's worked, I'll try to write it down. Because I found myself um, going on to doing loads of jokes and ideas and blah, 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 and then they get f- I forget about them. Yeah. And then sometimes you end up going up on stage going, like, somebody wants to do a new 20 minutes, and you go, I haven't even got five. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But yeah. you've forgotten it all because yeah. you haven't kept a record of yes. it. Yes. So I think sometimes the writing element can be taking a record of what what actually already works. Yeah. And then when you're writing your routine, so yesterday I was writing a routine that already works, and I, and I haven't got most of my stuff written down. Yeah. It's, you know, sketches all over the place. But I started writing it down word for word. And as I was writing, I was going, oh, I could do this here. Yeah. Oh, I could do that there. Yeah, yeah. And then that's adding the little bit of dust uh, and craft yeah, on yeah, top yeah. To, to it, and then you're then you're in much more control of it. So yeah. So the cre- it is important to I, I think there's personally I would say there's two different things there's there's the creation of the material and then there's recording it as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's know? true. Yeah, the recording is a hard thing. I haven't done that yet, but uh, oh, the audio recording. The audio, as well. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, record it, and I'm like, I don't even want to hear my own voice. I you know? know. Yeah, I, I still struggle listening back yeah. to it. Maybe you could put a filter on your own voice and just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. have it in Jamaican or something. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, but that's how lots of like the comics in the states work. They'll go up and they'll just talk their ideas out on stage, record it, and go, "Oh, that was you yeah." Know, that's and then that's their editing. Yeah, and they'll listen back to the recording and they'll go, "Okay, if I want to do that, I'll yeah. do it better, make it quicker." It's also trying to get to a point where you don't give a fuck either. You know, I think that's a great place to be at. You know, Louis C.K. Yeah, I know he seems like he's dodgy now, but uh, I could see from his stand-up like twenty years ago, he was. They were much more, um, I don't know how to say it, but like nowadays when, he, when you see him on doing stand-up, well, the last few years, it's like he doesn't give a fuck and he's yeah. going down to the darkest parts of his personality yeah. and just talking about them. Yeah. So that's, that's a hard place I'm trying to get into myself, but it's kind of hard to fully reveal yourself, isn't it, to the world? Definitely, and there's, there's, there's definitely an element of like, it's a, like I said, we're still babies at us. So, yeah. you know, there's those lads... You, we're we're, we're an, analyzing somebody's experience as a Bill Burr or Louis C.K. or whatever that lads who are doing it 30 years. Yeah, There's exactly. No comparison yeah. there, like you know. And they've only really truly met it when they're like in their late 40s. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. so we have yeah. time yet, boy. Absolutely, absolutely. So how's the show going? How's it been received? 
With the Hardy books? No. Oh, the the, tour? oh yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. Woke. It's been yeah, it's it's well. you know, some of them have been really, really good. Some of them, there's been rough patches where I'm like, oh, that joke didn't work. Because I've still kind of been working it on the stage. But and is that an hour long? It's an hour long, yeah, yeah. 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 But there's a break in the middle, but then I've got like support acts. Very I had Jer Staunton on one side, Bob Hennigan on a few times, and I had a couple of the Hardy books with me. But um, no, it seems to be going on well. Good you know, stuff. the crowd seem to be really enjoying it. They've always been really supportive of me because, you know, like they know me through the page on Facebook and then they know me through the Hardy books. So they kind of already have a understanding of the character, which is yeah. a bonus for me, you know, yeah, because that's yeah, yeah. sort of... You've established it, yourself with the audience yeah. already. And they're kind of yeah. helping me along a bit, you know, as well. Yeah. Like they're kind of like pushing me onto the next joke, which is yeah. a great and lucky thing to have. Very lucky. Tell us about the Facebook page, Owen Colgan Fitness. That's that's Instagram. Oh, that's Instagram. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Owen Colgan Fitness is Instagram. And then, so the Facebook page is a separate thing altogether. No, it's the same same character. Same, same character same and all that. Yeah. And it's, again, ironic, kind of. Because you are in good nick, aren't you? Oh, man, I've got it. You should see what's under this top, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Six-pack, mate. No, no, I'm, I'm not in good shape at all. I'm, I'm in average shape. But right. I think there's this weird illusion, maybe because of the character buzz, but people seem to think I love fighting. And that I'm in good shape. Yeah. And I'm not really in either, you know? Right. I'm not really involved in either. You know? <laughs> Although I would love to be in good shape. And there was a point in my life during the Hardy Books movie where I was in great shape. But nowadays I'm just ticking along, you know? Yeah. I like, I like the pints and I like the crack. So that's just part of the character. Is this ironic? Like that yeah. Because yeah. you know the way like in Instagram there's so many fitness models and it's always like blah, blah, fitness or yeah. personal trainer. I just thought it'd be funny to have a name, Own Colgan Fitness. And then... If and I do upload videos. And, and your character, he's a West of Ireland, yeah. Mayo lad. Exactly, yeah. He wouldn't yeah. really be seen. Like, the influencers didn't exist. Never, they, you know, they didn't exist 10 years ago. So it's even funnier to have them in, from Mayo or whatever. How is your stand up received in Mayo at home and all that kind of stuff? I find, to be honest, I find the further away from Mayo I go, the more laughter I get because right. maybe, maybe the accent is more of a charm. Because they love repeating the accent in Limerick, in Cork, in uh, Belfast, in Dublin. They love to kind of repeat the accent. But then the Mayo, it's like everyone's talking like that, so then you got to work a bit harder for it. Okay. But, um, no, that, I mean, the Mayo people have been very, very sound to me as well, any gigs I've ever done. Yeah. We've done, we've done a few rocky ones, a few great ones, you know, so yeah. it's all a learning process. And you what know? kind of sizes of crowds are you playing to? Millions, you know. Millions. Just millions. millions, it's, millions. it's been streamed from space. <laughs> <laughs> um, the biggest one I've ever done on my, for myself has probably been 350. Jeez, that's great, yeah. man. It is great, yeah, and it's scary. Yeah, but um, I don't really, I don't really mind it so much now. I've got to a point where I don't actually mind the crowd so much, you know. Yeah, I'm just worried that they're going to be disappointed in me, you know. <laughs> That's my biggest thing. So maybe I do mind the crowds actually. Yeah, now that I think about it. Yeah, but they're obviously leaving satisfied and they're coming because. Well, I hope so, but I don't know. I'm one of those people that it's like, no matter how good or bad the gig goes, I'm always like, ah, oh, fuck it, I've let them down now. You know, that's how I just feel. Mm. But although sometimes I do feel ecstatic, but. Uh, Mostly I'm kind of like, oh, I could have done fucking much better there. You know, I'm kind of annoyed with myself. So I, I think just that's where the, the hunger comes from now, just to kind of get better and better beer. Be better, yeah. How does your Argentinian girlfriend take to all this? This stuff. The character of Buzz, the kind of... Well, she, fi- she finds it very funny, you know. She could. She, she finds it very funny. Um, because, like, the, sometimes we'd walk on the street and some lad would drive by in a Honda Civic and go, Honey, Jambons! <laughs> like a drive-by slagging. And... Uh, She'd be like, what was that all about? But then, you know, people are people shake my hands all the time. I love shaking their hands. People sometimes drop me down pints if I'm in a pub. Wow. And that's lovely. You know, I love that. <laughs> and then, like, uh, to be honest, I've never met such a sound bunch of people across the country. And she sees that all the time. And she's like, geez, everyone is, is always so sound, you know. So yeah. she, she thinks it's very funny. Yeah. Thinks it's so, she thinks it's so weird. 
And she watches funny. the Hardy book. She's obviously watched. No, she doesn't really watch it that much. No, 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 no. not really. No, I, it's just because it, it is fairly like Irish humor, you know. So yeah. she definitely like some bits in it, but some bits she kind of doesn't really get the references yeah, in. Yeah. To be honest, fair enough. Fair enough, you know. Yeah. yeah. So where did I you? Don't, I don't get half of myself, to be honest, you know. <laughs> we we um we met on uh, we were language exchange. Oh right! Wow. Language exchange. Do yeah, you I speak? You're actually well. I was fluent in Spanish. I I, yeah, I used to uh, have a Mexican girlfriend, and we we were going out for three years, and then I was trying to learn Spanish for her parents. One day, she told me to learn Spanish because I was going to meet the parents. Right. So I met them, and I learned all the good the, the good words like hola, and uh, tequila's nice, <laughs> tequila's bueno, <laughs> and then um, we broke up. And then I said, you know what? I've got this far in the language. I may as well keep it going. Yeah. So then I started doing the language exchange, doing a few classes in Dublin. Like, um, there's a place in D2. You know that place, D2? Uh, Upside, uh, what you call that place? Uh, Coppers. Okay, right. The pub across the road. And you'd sit across from people and you'd be like in conveyor belt. People would just keep moving along the line in either Spanish or English or else Irish and English or else French and German. Right. It's just like an exchange. And then, um, anyways, met Fur. We went... We, must have went like on 10 language exchange uh, meetups then the 11th time I said can I kiss you <laughs> and she said yeah far away no way with the same voice and uh, that was it then now going out for a good while now and madly enough and so how's your because you obviously you can, you're full on you're probably better Spanish than I do you full on conversation I get the Spanish? vibe I get the feeling you've got great Spanish no you have that look I, about you <laughs> exactly I have the look that's it <laughs> <laughs> my Spanish is alright I wouldn't it's have much grammar good, now yeah you know? yeah, yeah. But uh, I get by. If I was over Mexico or, or Latin America on my own, I'd definitely get by. I'd be sound. Yeah, I like, yeah. That's the way I would um, I would describe it. Because my mother never actually taught us. Right. So um, is your mother Argentinian? She's from Argentina. Okay, yeah. She's from Buenos Aires. So her excuse was like I said it to her when I was twelve. I remember I said, uh, "Why why did you never teach us Spanish?" Yeah. And she said, "I don't want you talking to my mother." <laughs> she had the attitude wow. and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that yeah. was her answer. Didn't want us talking to so her. So what mother. kind of music did you listen to growing up? Um, nothing. Or what kind of food did you have? Food was yeah. Our, like we did not grow up on Irish food. Like it was right. all. Uh, so she's she's um, Argentinian, but of uh, Italian uh, Italian descent. So her parents were Italian immigrants. Mm. So uh, very Italian. We grew up on a lot of Italian food. Basically, was the standard in our house. A little bit of Mexican, but majority Italian. And even now today, we would still like. My favorite foods are all Italian dishes Italian, and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. The loads um, of Italians over that immigrated to Argentina. Yeah, same as when in the 1930s when they all went to New York and all that crap yeah. as well. They all went to Buenos Aires and, yeah, Bra- yeah. and Brazil as well and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. So um, so yeah, uh, I love. Yeah, that was the majority. Food is a big thing in our house. It's big meals is still like big. I can imagine, thing. yeah. And yeah. my my girlfriend's Portuguese now, and so. You know, we always cook. You know, we're yeah. always making something. We're always having a meal together. I like that though. That's I think that's something that's missing in, in the Irish culture because it used to be like we you know in our uh, maybe a generation or two ago uh-huh. people would sit around have the crack and have yeah. the food together yeah, it's yeah. something that's very nice that I've kind of got back from because I lived with loads of Venezuelans maybe three years ago right live with ten of them okay and at the beginning we'd all sit around and eat food and I'd be kind of on my phone because I was a bit like oh this is kind of awkward I don't yeah. like looking at people when I'm eating right and then eventually they'd be like they'd be engaging me in conversation all the time yeah and then I was like, Jesus, this is a lovely like kind of bit of culture here. And then yeah. kind of got used to it. And yeah. you know, I'm sure with yourself now, it's nice to sit around chatting to each other while you're yeah, eating. Yeah, yeah. And before you know, it, yeah, four or five hours have gone, and you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're. You're. My favorite is being with my uh, family in in Buenos Aires and sitting around the table and they'll always have the TVs at the end of the table and they'll be arguing about the news or the football or yeah. whatever and arguing with each other and but you'll be there for hours, hours eating and. Uh, have you been over many times? I have, yeah. Um, 
probably in my lifetime, I think six or seven, maybe. Because wow. a long way to go. But uh, last time I was there was 2016, I think. Yeah, 2015 into 2016. So I was there for the new year. And yeah, it was great, man. I have my citizenship and all. And I saw... Uh, Class. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Have you been yourself? Never, no. But I'm planning to maybe go at the end of this year. Right, okay. It's a, it's a, it's a long trip and it's an expensive oh, it enough is, yeah. spot. So yeah, yeah you have to, to get over your time of the year to go and all yeah, that yeah. crack. And yeah, yeah. Is it they, they have the opposite seasons than us, yeah? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. so probably go December. December time is summertime over there. Class it's fairly sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Where is she from in Argentina? Buenos Aires. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, her, but her father lives in a farm somewhere down the south of there. Because I know okay. it's a huge country, but he yeah. lives in a farm there somewhere. But I'd like to go between the two places, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. the farms there are meant to be lovely too. My uncle's just done a massive trip of Argentina for the last few months. And so down, down south, you're right next to Antarctica. Yeah. And you got the glaciers and all that kind of stuff. And then you come up a little bit north of that, you've got Patagonia, which is amazing mountainous areas yeah. and the Andes and all that stuff. North of that, again, you've got the wine region of Mendoza. And then north of that, again, you've got Salta, which is like loads of salt plains. Oh, nice. And then over to the northeast, you've got like Iguazu Falls, mm-hmm. and, uh, like massive waterfalls. And there's like a bit of jungle there on the border of Brazil and all that. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, amazing, I was actually watching about those Iguazu Falls there last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. They're so scary, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so, they're so, uh, you can get a boat and go right up close next when you think, geez, you think know, it looks pretty. Bother. And then you're getting close. I'm like, okay, turn this shit back, around. Back up to <laughs> <fuck. laughs> if you get you caught in that. It'd be rough, man. Oh, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. So what's what's the plan for you for the next year? What's the um, plan for me next year is to get to get better at the stand-up and to get better at just making videos. Is the tour still going for another bit? Or I have Dundalk um, this Thursday. And this then Thursday, Spirit Store. Spirit Store, yeah. Do you I want to shout out uh, Owen Colgan Woke, Dundalk Yes, Spirit please come Store. along to that. Absolutely. Then I have the Jest Fest in Wexford on the 6th of May, I think. It's 6th Lovely. or 5th of May. Lovely. And then I have a few more gigs spotted around the place and I don't know exactly where, but I'm going to, what I'm going to do now is, because uh, the tour will be finished then, I'm going to start writing loads of new stuff, testing it out in, on the clubs in Ireland. And then try to do another tour maybe the, towards the end of the year. Good stuff. Edinburgh, would you do that? I would like to do Edinburgh, but I think it's closed now. I've no idea. Edinburgh's not closed. The city's... <laughs> Is it, the whole city's been closed. The city's down. closed. Edinburgh's closed. Wall. Trump has built a wall around Edinburgh. <laughs> no, I heard the, the entries are the finished. The entries, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I, 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 che- I should have checked in time, but um, yeah. I'm kind of scared to go over there for the month because um, I'd end up on the piss for a month and then... I really? Is you so? Because you definitely live, you, you definitely live the uh, rock and roll lifestyle a little bit as well. Maybe a small bit too much, yeah, for right. my sins. And it, it seems nice, you know. You're like, oh yeah, a few pints, but then you can you can be very tired going to gigs in as well, or hungover, you know. And that's not the best place to be in either, because your mind is not sharp at all when you're hungover. I can't do it myself now. No. Not even hungover. I can't even have a drink because I'll be like, well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't be thinking straight. But do you, do you think that comedians need a bit of drama in their life in order to be funny? Well, nothing funny comes out of happiness, I don't think. <laughs> that's the thing, you see. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the bloody problem that we have as comedians is like you kind of have to have a, a bit of shit going on in your life in order yeah. to sort of have stuff to talk about. Yeah, you, yeah, it's kind of like, what was it, comedy's uh, truth and pain equals comedy, basically. Yeah, yeah, that time, plus, form that time plus pain equals, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time uh, plus, tra- uh, what is it? Sadness plus time equals... Fuck it, what is it? Sadness plus... Ah, fuck it. His maths is coming out here now. Things can get sad after a while, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You definitely have to be, yeah. You definitely have to be overcoming something. I think on stage. And do you find like that? You your life has changed because um, you start doing things just so you have something to talk about. In the sense that you're walking on the street and you might pop into a shop, start chatting to someone just for the sake of. I haven't done that you. yet, but I know loads of comics do do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and has, hasn't the thought hasn't even occurred to me to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, maybe I do start. Like I know, like some lads do yoga just to take the piss out of it and stuff like that. And right, okay. Um, I'm sure they really deep down enjoy it, though. 
Yeah, yeah. They love the old mammoths, they. Well, I mean, I've done, it, I've done it myself. I, ha- I had to do yoga for a job I was doing before. And, geez, it drove me up the walls. Like, you know, this is the, really, yeah. the yoga instructor was like, very positive Californian, you know. <laughs> so she was like, you know, just stretch and just feel the love going into your legs and your fucking hamstrings are about to snap. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's so passive-aggressive yoga as well. It like really is, so yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so passive-aggressive. <laughs> no, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, de- people definitely do weird stuff to... Uh, to 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 try and get some comedy out of it, but I don't know that. Kind of that—that's what happened, Louis in a way, Louis C.K. Because he was, <laughs> he was like doing all these different weird things, and it got to a point where it was so weird that he f- fucked up a small bit. Oh, he yeah yeah he did. Um, I yeah maybe he did. I think it's a different game in the states as well, where these guys are on the road all the time. The hanging and America's out with each nuts. Other, like and America is nuts. Just I like the stuff, the stories that the likes of Louis C.K. or Bill Burr talk about. You're like. I'm sure it's all the real stuff that's happening to them yeah, too. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Ireland, it's a bit. Even though we are wild in our own way. Yeah. It's almost like I don't know. This their life seems a bit more wild, no? Yeah, but yeah, you're right. America is just wild. It's a, the the extremes are more extreme. Yeah. Like the weird stuff. I couldn't live over there. I'd be dead. I I, if I lived yeah, in New York, yeah. I'd be dead because I'd be. I'd end up going on the piss with somebody, and then I'd be like, Ah, this lad seems like class crack, and I go back to a crack house, yeah. and I'd end up fucking. I don't know. I can imagine on a ranch in Texas, all right, with a couple of shotguns. Oh, yeah, I'd like <laughs> sitting that. On, sitting on the porch. Yeah, you just smoking some doobies. I'd love that. <laughs> I'd knock the comedy on the head altogether. Have you any plans to go over there or to the UK and try and get um, a bit of work in those You know places? what? I want to sort of get it right in Ireland first. I, w- yeah. I want to really get it right. And, you know, I'm probably going to give this another two or three years in Ireland to chip away at it and get that yeah. to the point where I'm like, you know what? I can actually go to England now and do it to expats over there and then I'd love to sort of try to you know broaden my absolutely broaden my horizons a bit more then again and what about uh, so you still your videos and Instagram videos that's still a big part of what you do as well yeah yeah that's the yeah. bread and butter because that's okay. what kind of gets the people to the gigs you know right yeah, yeah. so um, I'm gonna uh, because I haven't done the videos in a while I've kind of like forgotten how to do them a small bit and I'm like oh what do I need to do now and how do I put this together or am I still funny so it's like trying to get back on the wagon again and it's, yeah. it's like the writing thing yeah. I just have to make a video I'm gonna make a video this week and even if it's shit, I'll kind of remember. I'll, it sort of kind of reminds you of what was good and what was not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just about hopping, hopping back onto the wagon. Yeah. Um, that's a fe- it's a great way to do it. And it's all in the character of Buzz, basically, kind of a thing? Or? Kind of like a, sm- a slightly evolved version of Buzz, you know, because now, now I live in the city, so I see, Buzz I see things so differently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> woke Buzz, basically. Oh, I'm so woke. <laughs> I never met a man as woke as me. And the Hardy books, are you getting the band back together at any point? Would love to, yeah, because it's on Netflix now, but... Um, I think it's a three-year contract, so we'll know probably in three years. Uh, apparently, they don't give away their ratings for anything. But what they do is right. they'll say to you, oh, yeah, we're going to commission a new series. So right, right. we have to kind of wait three years to see what they say. They own it now. Right. So that'll pr- it'll probably be at least three years if anything does happen. But I'd say... Does that mean you can't even do YouTube stuff? or? I don't think so, no. Right. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think we couldn't do it under the Hardy Books name. And, you know, if it was cast down in the, in the character names, then they'd probably yeah. say something. It'd be a war, yeah. And they're such a nice company, a great company in it. And a big company to work for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, I wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to lose them. You know. Absolutely. It's kind of like going out with someone that's really sexy. Like I don't want to lose you, man. Yeah. Well, listen. I hope things last with you and the missus. Hmm? I hope things last with you and the missus. <laughs> 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 oh, and you've been. A pl- thanks. For, by the way, will we'll, we'll we tell everyone where we are? Yeah. We're in this really woke cafe, <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate factory in the uh, chocolate factory, thanks Dublin, ha- Dublin Seven. Is it? Is this Dublin One now? I don't know. Dublin, Dublin One, one, one could be, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Chocolate Factory. Thanks for coming down, man. Thanks so much. You're an absolute legend. Much You're much a legend. To chat to you. Look forward to gigging together soon. Yeah, definitely. Home ladies and gentlemen.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.